Are you this in is the Rich Eisen show? Same. Bridges! Oh my god! Oh! A thunderbolt from Bridges! Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Oh my word! The Rich Eisen Show. Matsuyama is Japan's first Masters champion. Earlier on the show, ESPN Scott Van Pelt. Coming up, NFL draft prospect Kyle Pitts. Actor O'Shea Jackson Jr. Actor Jonathan Tucker. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Had a great chat with Scott Van Pelt. About the 2021 Masters, how it finished up. Congratulations to Hideki Matsuyama, who is apparently connecting through O'Hare Airport right now from Atlanta, (laughs) flying commercial all the way back with the green jacket that he had draped over the side. Well, I guess just looking through his phone, by the way, which is also one of the most amazing sound bites that I've ever heard in the history of the Masters. uh, Over the weekend, Chris, I don't know if you heard Matsuyama interviewed in Butler Cabin by... Nance with his interpreter sitting there mm-hmm. after he finished that bogey free round on Saturday that was weather delayed, if you recall. Right. Uh, asking how he came back so red hot after the weather delay and what did he do during yeah, the weather delay? I, I heard he this. said he sat in his car looking through his phone. Just like the rest of us, just scrolling Twitter. Zoned out. Does he get does he get shamed by his screen time report once a week on his phone too, <laughs> just like the rest of us? You know, I mean By the way, every Sunday that's like the most dreaded it thing is of the week. It's just like, like, oh my God. You've spent what am I doing with my life? I know, right? Did we sign up for that, by the way, or they just I take it upon themselves? Too bad, good. sir. <laughs> I didn't ask for this. Too bad. That's an uh, but I'm, I'm genuinely excited to welcome uh, this guest into uh, our, our midst for the very first time, hopefully the first of many times, because he is, to say, a highly touted prospect in this year's NFL draft is an understatement. Bucky Brooks... My colleague at NFL Network, the NFL Media Group, whose uh, talent evaluation skills are second to none, calls this guy, this tight end, this tremendous football player, a gold jacket talent. And yet he won't be the first overall pick in this draft because he's not a quarterback. From the University of Florida, Kyle Pitts here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Kyle? I'm doing good. Thank you guys for the opportunity. Thank you for making this phone call. What has life like been like for you last few weeks, Kyle Pitts? Uh, life's been, I would say, slowed down now that we, you know I'm not preparing for the combine anymore and uh, pro day. So just getting back to getting in, in football shape. So I, I took a couple of days off. Now I'm you know back in full stride, getting getting ready, uh, back running on the field. You know heavier weights. You know position work. So. Just getting back to you know the regular way is not you know preparing for a showcase. I guess you would say. So are you saying that guy who ran a four forward his pro day was not in shape technically, Kyle? Did I just overhear that? Did I just hear that from you? I would say, <laughs> I would say I was in combine shape, but you know football shape was different. You had to run with some pads on and run for long periods of time. You only just run 40, 40 yards in a straight line. So that's something that was I was in shape for that. You know now I have to transition to the the other type of. You know, in shape, I guess you'd say. When you hear uh, that you are considered by some, and by some, I think you could say by many, uh, a gold jacket talent. What do you think of when you hear that, Kyle Pitts? That that's amazing. Uh, you know, that's obviously everyone's end goal before the Super Bowl. But to be able to be in the mentions of you know someone thinking I could be have that 
opportunity to have my face in you know in Canton, Ohio, in the Hall of Fame uh, hallway is 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 what every kid dreams for. And you know, if I do, you know, God bless me to get to that and get that gold jacket. That's you know, I feel like that's the highest of the high. You know, once you get into the league, you you, know, you always want to get Rookie of the Year, Pro Bowl, Super Bowl. But to be Hall of Fame, that's something no one could take from you. So. That's something every I feel like football player goal is to reach, and hopefully I'll, I'll reach it one day. Who will uh, a team be getting if they draft Kyle Pitts? Kyle Pitts, tell me, what would a team be getting if they draft you? <laughs> uh, a team will be getting a great young man to start off with off the field, and on the field I would say just a hard worker, someone who's about his business. I'm professional about my business, and I like to take care of my business first. Football is my life; it's my job. You know, now that I'm out of college, I don't have to worry about academics. So this is, you know, what I do. This is what I get paid for. So everything is devoted to this. And, you know, when the day is over is when I kick my feet up and, you know, relax. But while I have to handle my business, that's what I do. Well, I mean, the number of, of, of lists that I see, and they, a lot of them cross my path, is, you know, I will be definitely sitting on NFL Network when I hear your name be mentioned by Commissioner Roger Goodell, and we'll be talking about you with your new team live on NFL Network when that happens in a few Thursdays. So I've, I've been around the block a few times. When I see, in many ways, a consensus, this kid is the number one prospect in the draft, I normally think that they're going to be drafted first overall. But all I keep hearing is, yeah, but he's a tight end. What do you think of when you hear that, Kyle Pitts? Uh, I kind of know that's how it is. You know, I'm not a quarterback. Quarterbacks usually are last way longer than tight ends. But nowadays, you know, you kind of see tight ends lasting long. But uh, to even be considered, you know, possibly the number one pick, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, not number one pick, number one draft prospect is something special because I, I, I put a lot of hard work into this and, you know, being it being noticed is something that's, you know, heartwarming. But at the same time, it's a lot of work that was done in the dark. But uh, when the day comes, you know, I, I feel like, I am a tight end at the end of the day, but I feel like I'm the best tight end. So uh, over the years, I'm going to prove that and you know, make sure that I, I know I'll never have the chance to never one pick. But in my eyes, being the first pass catcher, first off, you know, after the quarterback, that, that's something that's important to me. Do you think Jacksonville should take you, Kyle? <laughs> uh, I don't know. That, I don't have an answer for them. Sure you do. The answer is yes, Kyle Pitts. You could say, yeah, Jacksonville <laughs> should take you. You know what I mean? I mean, I saw. I definitely think they should take me, but you know, I can't control what happens on draft day. Of course you can't. So, but you can definitely control, I guess, who you talk to in a way. I mean, you might want to reach out to others, but the way it works is teams reach out to you to interview. Um, how many teams have you interviewed with on Zoom, Kyle? Uh, I, I would say around. I haven't met with every team. Okay. But I've met with most teams and. Uh, I've, uh, just they've gone through my agent to set up meetings, but I haven't met all 30 teams. Okay, but you have done Zoom interviews, right, with them, or have yes, you? Have, yes, sir. Okay, you have. Um, let's let's uh, let's just, if you don't mind, tick a couple boxes. Um, I know this is kind of like Fight Club, but it doesn't matter. Everyone will find out anyway at some point. Um, did one has one team that's spoken to you have a star on the side of their helmet? <laughs> Kyle Pitts. <laughs> Yes, I have spoken to the Cowboys. Okay, you have. Have you spoken to Jerry Jones himself? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, what can you share about that conversation? Because apparently he, he was, quote-unquote, I don't know if you heard the report, infatuated with and by you, Kyle. Have you heard that report? 
Uh, I actually, I'd rather not read the press clipping. Okay. You know, I feel like, you know, like Coach Saber says, it's a rap play. So, you know, until the day comes, I won't, you know, worry about that. But, uh, I, someone did call me and tell me about that, and, this, you know, it's kind of a, it's an honor for him to say that. And, you know, Dallas is a great team. If I have, have the opportunity to play for it, would be a great, you know, thing. But you, but, grew, but you grew um, up. In, you grew up in Philadelphia, right, Kyle? You're, you're, you're. Yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of. I would say the oxymoron. Uh, <laughs> me, me growing up an Eagles fan and then having to have the opportunity to play for the Cowboys. So that'd be a hard time getting some of my family jerseys because they die our Eagles fans. So that'd be something funny. So what did uh, what happened in the Pitts household when the Eagles traded out of six, Kyle? What happened in that household when that happened the other day? <laughs> Actually, nothing. You know, no. they don't, oh, they're okay. not you know, heavily into it to the point where it's like, we want you playing for the Eagles. You know, they they just want to, you know, they're just enjoying the process like myself. So, okay. just seeing where all the chips fall. And if I did, if if they didn't have trade back and I got the opportunity to play for the Eagles, it would have been a great thing. But, you know, whilst we're not stressing about it, we just, you know, letting the, like I said, letting the chips fall. With it. Of course, because you can't control it and your family only wants the best for you. But you do realize that if they, they, they live in Philadelphia? The, your your family still? They live there? Still? Yes, sir. Okay. They're the only ones in Philadelphia who felt that way when the Eagles dra- <laughs> fell out of the sixth spot. <laughs> you realize that, right? That they're the only... Yes, <laughs> yes sir. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Have the 49ers reached out to you? Have you chatted with them? Uh, I talked to them once or twice. It wasn't that much, but... Okay. Yep. What about the Falcons? Have you spoken to them? Yes, sir. Okay. We're at the top of the draft. This is it. So um, where do you think you're going to wind up, Kyle? I know that's a tough question to ask a prospect who you're excited to go wherever you want to go and you're very excited. What are you thinking right now in your head, Kyle Pitts, just a couple weeks before the draft? Uh, I, I, I wish I could give you a straight answer, but because I feel like it's another trade up or trade down or something to get moved around on the draft, a lot of weird things happen there. Uh, so I don't really have any expectation to go anywhere, but I, I do hope to, you know, my my inner self goal is like to go top six or top ten. That's something that, you know, I want to do. Dante Fowler went five, I think, mm-hmm. out of Florida. And then the highest pick out of Philly ever was 14, Sharif Floyd, I think. So that, I want to top those numbers and, and set, set, the, set a new standard. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, so you could look at Emmett Smith next time and say you 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 sliced it in half or something like that, or we don't talk to Emmett that way, right? Out of Florida, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I just love it, Kyle. I just love dreams coming true. I love dreams coming true, and what has happened to you in the last few weeks? You know, obviously we saw what was going on with you this year, in winning the Mackey Award and with 12 touchdowns, unanimous All American, the blossoming that took place for you on this campus. But over the last two, three. Months, there are fan bases all over the NFL who feel that you could take them to the promised land. What do you tell fans that are saying, I want my team to draft Kyle Pitts? What do you say to all these people who are reading into every single word that you say, hoping that you wear the uniform of that team? Uh, I'll just say I appreciate all the, all the love and support, but at the same time, it's people that you know you have all the love, it's just my love as it is hate. So just keep it, keep the same energy, and if I do, you know, whatever team I get picked to, I'm gonna give them all, you know, every day, you know, even when it's not on television, and just trying to provide a, a extra boost for the offense that I'm that I'm in. 
What's your plan for draft night? Uh, I'm going to the draft. So okay. I'll be in Cleveland. Who's with you? I'll be in the tennis with my family. Who's who's coming with you, Kyle? Can you walk me through who's going to be uh, with you? Mom, dad, sister, girlfriend, my trainer, Coach Mullen, and uh, my tight end coach, Coach uh, Larry Scott. That's so exciting for you. Have you got your suit picked out, Kyle Pitts? Have you got your draft yeah. situation picked out? I, yes, sir, I did. Okay, do you want to give a shout? Do you want to give a shout out here? Because I know you say you're all about business. This is part of business. It is part of business. Uh, w- what do you got? Yeah, I want to shout out Rob Redman. Okay, uh, he, he's a god of Atlanta. Uh, I don't have this is I'm sorry, but okay, I think it's it's, it's uh. Rod Ridden. Okay. He's just like, you know, a stylist, and he, he does a lot of suits with guys in the NFL. Okay. So do we have a special lining? Is it uh, gator lining? What, what Do we have anything that's in? I can't tell you the secret. Oh. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to try and take it. Okay. Let's not do that. But um, do the fact that you are, your your clothier, your outfitter is in Atlanta, should we should we take that to mean that you're, you've got Atlanta on your mind then, Kyle? <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Okay. Just, I met him, and he still happened to be in Atlanta. <laughs> and then maybe you might just happen to be in Atlanta anyway, so we could put it all together. Hey, Kyle, hopefully <laughs> this is the first of many times you appear on this show. Congratulations with about all the accolades yes, you're coming your way. You know, um, I, I love hearing how you, you're, you're not really paying attention to what people are saying on Twitter, all the sorts of, you know, tugs at your, at your figurative sleeve for attention and maybe coming at you. Seems like you've got a really great um, team around you. Congratulations on all of this. And let's chat after Thank you get you. let's chat after you get drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got me on that one. <laughs> we'll see how it goes, Kyle. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. You bet. Thank that, you. I appreciate it. That is Kyle Pitts. Every team that drafts him instantly becomes better. Every fan base that drafts him instantly becomes supercharged. Every time I mention the Dallas Cowboys in that conversation, (laughs) T.J. Jefferson went crazy. (laughs) You're praising the ceiling. And just a little bit. Thank you. That's it. (laughs) God, if you're listening, that's it. (laughs) That's it. I'm mad at you, Rich. Why? Because you, you, you started this last week by putting that bug in my ear. It wasn't in my ear. You put it in my ear, and now I got this ten hope, to four, which 10 is to probably hope, which is probably false hope. Six now. spots, six measly little spots, six teensy weensy <laughs> little spots that will cost you the 2022 first round draft selection that the Cowboys currently have. That's all it would be. That's all it would be because that's what it cost, as you know, the uh, Dolphins to go from 12 to six. There is less pie. So that's 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 six. That's just that's just six little spots. That's all it is. Yeah, just do it. Just do it. That's all it is. Like yes, you want to build. You want to figure out. You want to take the long haul. Or you got Dak coming back, and you got Zeke maybe having a year or two left at the freight that he's currently had, or whatever you want to think about his window of opportunity as a running back in the NFL. And you got out there. You got. Amari Cooper out there. You got Michael Gallup, who is absolutely coming on strong out there. You got CeeDee Lamb. Maybe in the second, third round, you draft somebody to protect Dax. Third, fourth, fifth round, you get somebody to go get the quarterback. You put it all together, and the Dallas Cowboys, who should have won the NFC East last year, suddenly you got Kyle Pitts right in the middle of all that. 
Why are you doing this to me, man? Well, like, why? Why are you doing this to him? You woke up. You woke up and chose violence this morning. No, I did not. Yes, you did. You woke up and chose violence. I am just spitting facts, spitting possibilities. This is within reach for the Dallas Cowboys to make happen. My leg is twitching over here because the 49ers didn't trade up all those spots to choose anybody other than a quarterback. They've already said that. That's why I went out and told that guy from Oshkosh, go ahead and non-ventilate your sweatshirt <laughs> sitting there delivering food every single day and send it to me as sweaty as possible. I'll eat it if the, if the 49ers take somebody other than a quarterback, and they're not trading out. Neither are the Jets, neither are the Jaguars. You want that fourth overall pick, you call up Terry Fontenot, who goes up to Arthur Blank and says, Jerry just offered us a 2022 first-rounder. And you sit there and you go, okay, that could be in the bottom third of the draft, but that's better than what we got. Like, let's go. Let's move down to 10, and we'll figure out we can get somebody from the SEC also to catch passes from, from, uh, from Matt Ryan. We'll figure that out. Justin Fields could drop to 10 anyway. Let's see what we got. Let's go. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys do all that. And the reason why I am building you all the way up <laughs> is in studio. Our first in-studio guest in over a calendar year on Wednesday is Stephen A. Smith. Let's go. Oh, this, cowboy. It's going to be lit. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. You best, if you will, figuratively eat your Wheaties for breakfast on Wednesday before coming to work. Let's just say I've, I'm already prepared. Let's take a break, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Kyle Pitt's hometown team. Makes it even worse for Eagles fans. Oh I didn't want Kyle Pitts. He's a hometown kid. And they're like, yeah, we're going to trade back. <laughs> there was a deep dive on the Eagles today. And the Athletic will hit that. 844-204-RICH and your phone calls. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed hey folks it's time for the nfl draft which means for me I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased 
in store and now save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is the Rich Eisen show. Anthony Anderson, he's over there with TJ right now. He told a story. We're back live on the air, by the way. Put the photograph up. Yeah, we're back. Put we're the back. photograph up. Anthony, do you got, is he still wearing his mic? Okay, yeah, just real quick. Tell the story. Can you tell the story real fast? With that photograph. Oh, so we're, we're in Monaco at the International uh, Television Festival. Okay, let's put this. And Prince Albert... Yeah, and, and, and Prince Albert is, is is I'm friendly with Prince Albert. So when you're at when you're at the castle, when you're at the palace, yeah. you're not allowed to take pictures. And so we're taking pictures and they're like, they come stop me. And I was like, no, Prince Albert said we can take, I can take pictures and they shrink away. And so I go to every black person there and you saw the group of us, 50 Cent, myself, TJ. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, I was like, hey guys, we're going to take a black picture at the palace. <laughs> And they were like, what? I said, we're going to take a black picture at the palace. And they're like, okay. And they're like, when? I was like, you'll know when. So ten, five or ten minutes later, people were in various conversations. I was like, okay, it's time to take the picture. So I just give the call. And people are mid-conversations. And it, oh, I'll be right back. I got to go take the black picture. So we all gather around the steps in the back. I think I, think picture one I, think I was in the middle of getting someone's phone number, too. <laughs> Yeah, so we're in the middle, and we just, we go in the back, and, you know, we, we take a picture. Jesse Smollett, 50 Cent, myself, my wife, TJ. TJ Jefferson. TJ. Now of the Rich Eisen Show. You know. Yeah. From, from, from Monaco to El Segundo. <laughs> That's the famous drop that we've got here. Del Tufo, he's put that in his regular rotation, uh, he, the drop. The mic loves that. Yeah, like crazy last week. <laughs> The, like ever, the, the, the number of times that we're that we hear something about TJ or him knowing somebody or whatever, we're not phased by it anymore. And I'm talking about him like he's not in the room. I no, I <laughs> before before TJ was a regular part of the on air crew, yes. we would just hang out, you know, do lunch, oh, right. have some work after for a couple hours. And then he would be like, hey, you ready for uh, Hollywood TJ stories, true, true TJ Hollywood stories? I'm like, sure. Sure. He tell me some insane story like Jack Nicholson at a party or whatever. I'm just like, what are you talking about? Well, you know what? You're we're just I was thinking, and we'll talk about a post show. I might as well bring it up here as well. Is that way back in the day when we had in studio guests, you would greet them and quickly interview them for our social feeds um, prior to their appearance. Yeah. You're, you're going to have to tap out of our se- like a segment to go chit chit chat with Stephen A. I mean, are we doing that again? <laughs> Why would we? I, you know, you I just, mask the, up and socially distance doing. We're back here on the, the Rich Eisen Show. We're going to do it. Okay. Stephen A. Smith is coming in studio on Wednesday. First in-studio guest we had since two marches ago. A long time ago. Patrick Fabian was the last That's one. That's right, from Better Call Saul. <laughs> Speaking of those interviews, Rich, yes, last, yesterday was the last <laughs> episode ever of Shameless. Uh, yes. After an 11-year run, so I put in I uh, saw that. a little interview with William H. Macy from 2018 right. talking about this character, Frank Gallagher. That'll so. be good. Well done. Yeah. At Rich Eisen Show is on Twitter and then our YouTube page. It's just amazing what, what videos from our archives just pop, you know? 
Jeff Bridges talking about his dad, Lloyd B. I asked him about Lloyd being in uh, Airplane. Looks like I, you know, can you imagine, like, you know, my dad, may he rest in peace. I've never heard him ever say, this is, looks like I picked the wrong week to <laughs> stop, stop sniffing glue. glue. <laughs> you know, and what, could you imagine you hear your father say that, no. even though you're in an acting family? Absolutely not. You know which movie we put on for the kids? Because we're constantly striving to get our children together to watch a film. What do we got? We saw, this is a sports movie that rarely gets brought up, Cool Runnings. Great. Okay. That's awesome. That's a fun one for the family. It stands the test of time. It's a little dark and, there with uh, Jug Candy. No, uh, not real. I mean, it's still just, they're, they're used to that sort of stuff. I mean, shoot, they've seen, you know, Harry Potter movies. That's, yeah, you want to talk cute. dark. You know what I mean? But um, in the same way where I was so disappointed that their first De Niro movie was something <laughs> called The War with Grandpa. Okay. <laughs> that I was actually, I'm, I'm like, okay, they know who John Candy is now. Good one. And it's a good one. It's a good one. You know, it's not, you know, Uncle Buck or, or yeah. planes, trains, automobiles or anything True. that might be from his more wilder side. But uh, they'll get there. Good one. Cool Runnings is fun, man. Cool Runnings is a funny movie. That was a good, fun movie. And then we went to YouTube afterwards and showed the, the real, you know, bobsled, Jamaican bobsled yeah, team. It was good. It was very, very good. So, did, did they like it? What was they it? did. They did. We actually... How did you decide on that? Because, like, you know, you always say that you the show first, them a trailer and then they're like, eh, they kind of. Summarily rejected, correct. First one was summarily rejected. Yeah. We try to show them the blind side first. Oh, okay. You know? And, and for they, some they reason. They shot that down? They did. Did you tell them Nick Saban and Ed Orgeron? No, <laughs> I did not bring up the Ed Orgeron of it. No, but I, I did basically say, you know, Sandra Bullock won Wins the Academy the, yeah. Award for this. This is great stuff. You know? So. We'll get there. Yeah. It just takes a, you know, all they're doing is just watching one wipeout after another. <laughs> Love That's a wipeout, it. huh? They are watching one wipeout after That's another. That's awesome. Got to fill the void until holy moly comes back. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Let's go to uh, our phone lines right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Um, can I take Chris? There's a big lock next to his name right there. Hey, Chris in Virginia here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Chris? How you doing? Rich, uh, as you so well put at the end of hour one, we should be talking about Acuna making Didi Gregorius look awful on a routine ground ball, just the way the game played. But instead, we're talking about the tire fire that is instant replay. Uh, after not coming for your best dad ever title, put my two-year-old to bed, turned on the game to see how the Braves are doing, and what do I turn on to? The replay review. And... Looking at it, scared my dog because I'm like screaming at the TV because it's like, how do you miss the foot not touching the plate? Uh, one of the Braves beat reporters said after the game, they put a poll, they asked, hey, you know, what was the issue? They said they couldn't find conclusive evidence that he didn't touch the Correct. plate. Correct, right. How, like, I'll explain it. Come out and say, oh, we can't find that. But still, when you have, like, all the TVs, like, the replays, five replays all show he didn't touch it. You know what it sounds and like to I me? Think- Here's what it sounds like to me. Because, again, I've been around this block for with the NFL for 18 years. How, what draft is this for me, Chris? Coming up? You're 17. Thank you. Yeah, so I've been around the block. I've been around the block. It, it sounds like a, a replay system where the people in New York City are afraid to make the call. They're afraid to get it wrong. They're afraid to get some I mean, sort of blowback. They're afraid to be... 
that they're they, they don't like they don't like they're reluctant beyond reluctant to insert themselves into the game and the problem is is sometimes we don't want it sometimes we we want the human element and sometimes we need replay to step in and you have to realize the moment when you are reviewing in replay it's time for us to step in and we are stepping in and it's it's and be damned and instead they're looking at like well we can't say for sure that his foot didn't touch the plate so we got to go with the guy saying it did to over rule it when you could clearly see on all the angles his foot was initially blocked and then it hovered over the plate before he landed beyond the plate and the question is is can you marry one video replay to the other we did sitting at home and if we do sitting at home and they don't sitting in major league baseball headquarters it's a big problem on replay but it's made worse by the fact that umpires are not required or don't want to make an announcement to the fans. We are left to interpret what the hell we're looking at and why they didn't oh, make yeah. the call. Big problem. Totally totally agree, and I think one of the solu- uh, a solution could be, because Jason Stark pointed out that it's manned by actual umpires and the umps are afraid to overrule their brethren on the field. Yep. How about you just get an unbiased person running replay? Ex-player, ex-ump, somebody that has no skin in the game and just says, all right, we're going to review it, we're going to make look at it, and if it's clear to us that it's a new, you know, that it's wrong, then just overturn it, because at that point you're not judging your fellow brethren. Well, you, no, like, you, but you also have to be, and then thank you for the call, Chris, best yep. to your uh, dogs and your, your kids. Um, you have to be empowered. You have to feel like it's, it's our call. And it's now out of your call in at the stadium, and that's it. Again, I'm not in the room. I don't know the politics of it. I'm just assuming because I, I do know the way it's been working in the NFL for a very long time. Al Riveron's a former ref. He can easily overrule what's going on in the field from, from 345 Park Avenue. It's, there's nothing personal here. And then if you want an in, independent arbiter, you know what it's time for, Chris? Everyone should look it up on our on our YouTube. Adam Carolla had the answer. The replay gimp. You have a gimp. We're bringing it to baseball now. Yeah, why not? It's it's clearly he's he wants somebody independent who's not has no skin in the game and hasn't really seen the play and just looking at it with a fresh set of eyes. Adam Carolla says have a gimp similar to Pulp Fiction, maybe dressed in the same way, sitting in somebody Zed's uh, basement. <laughs> Unlock him. Bring him out. Show the gimp the play. Who's it? And then dead, the, make the gimp make the call. And then you put him, you zip him up and put him back in the uh, in the crate. Bring out the gimp. Back in the trunk. Now Adam went a little bit too far. I think he wanted the gimp actually at the stadium and then paraded around like the Colorado Buffalo right, exactly, Buffalo. Exactly. Exactly. You know, like he wants him paraded around and then the stadium. Trotted out the midfield. Which I then, think yeah. it's too degrading, quite honestly. Well, I understand that the gimps dress the way the gimps dress. Yeah, you're putting that on, so you're kind of accepting what comes. Correct. Bring out the replay gimp for baseball. It works. (laughs) Uh, Let's go to Jason in Miami. You're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Jason? Hey, guys, what's going on? You haven't called in a while. And and I always try to consider myself a Rich Eisen regular. So 
you know, I got to hit you up every Good every to have you back. What's up? All right. Uh, real quick, um, TJ, just want you to let you know, I do have my DVR set for May 4th, so I can't wait for that. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> price is right, right day. Rich. Yes, sir. Awesome, awesome interview with Kyle Pitts. Um, dude really looks like a stud. He sure does. But um, I think I can speak for TJ when I say no. Okay? He's a stud. We don't need him. We well, we'd love to have him, sure, but for the Dallas Cowboys, you mean? For the yes, Dallas Yes, we remember the the almost Johnny Manziel debacle. We know Jerry likes shiny things and Kyle Pitts is truly shiny, but there's an NFL a guy with NFL lineage lineage sitting there at cornerback and we got to shore up this defense. Uh, I'm talking about Patrick Sertain. We don't need 35-31 games and that's what's going to happen if you keep drafting these these um these these offensive these big time offensive players. So that's my take on that. One more thing. I don't know if you guys remember because I just saw this literally the Cosby Show episode with uh, Dick Vitale and Jimmy V. They were movers. You remember that? No, I don't remember no. that. I do not know. I don't. They were movers. That. They were moving out. Um, you know, one of the one of the kids out of, out of the house. Did not um, did so not know that. I would I would never hire them as movers, school. but maybe as extras. Thank you for the call. Ed, call back. I, I could not disagree with our friend from Miami Moore. I think Kyle Pitts would make a great Dallas Cowboy. You know, I was just I think I think Kyle Pitts would send this offense in a totally different direction. And you know, you know it was a just a what was that? Three years ago. Three short years ago, I think. It was three short years ago. We were all making fun of Jerry Jones after he acquired Amari Cooper for what he acquired Amari Cooper for. And we were all making fun of Jerry Jones for saying that he had the same weapons and the possibility of putting the same weaponry and offense on the field as McVay's golf girly going on tilt against the Kansas City Chiefs on a Monday night football death of defense team. Remember that? We were all laughing like, okay, sounds good, Jerry. You, you go do that. But um, what happens if they add Kyle Pitts? What if Kyle Pitts comes in and is as good as advertised and he's a matchup nightmare? Just an absolute Kelsey Kittle type matchup nightmare. And you got Zeke and you got Dak play faking to Zeke and you got Amari Cooper going across the middle and you got Gallup taking everybody deep and CeeDee Lamb also going across the middle. What about that? Three, three wide Pitts. Zeke, Dak, and I'm telling you, Jerry's sitting there thinking we got the defense handled with Dan Quinn, better scheme, same players, let's go. We got the same players, better scheme, let's go. We also have draft choices in the second and third and fourth. We can get these kids. Let's go. I don't know why you're doing this to TJ. Um, <laughs> I'm just telling you what I think could potentially be happening with Jerry's telling his son, Stephen, and, uh, and the rest of the team, just hear me out. Not hear me out. That's what he's saying. Just hear me out. Just hear me out. So what? we give up our first this year and our first next year. Well, we'll flip a three. What, a three or four, Right. Just to move up six spots, and we got Kyle Pitts. Because the other reason why you're infatuated with him, uh, you can't sit here with all due respect to our friend in Miami and equate him to Jerry wanting to go for Johnny Manziel. Yeah, the kid we just hung up right. from. There's a big difference. Okay, yeah. the kid we just hung up from. Yeah. 
doesn't seem to me to have a Manziel bone in his body. Okay? Like, that seemed like to me, that seemed like to me somebody who has handled his business, did his academic work at Florida, just leave that there, and then is ready to take his business to the next level. And his business is, to use the phrase, a booming. <laughs> his skill set, have you seen the kids' tape? Have you watched any Kyle Pitts footage? If you have not watched a lot of University of Florida football from 2020, have you seen what he just put on the field? So a lot of Florida highlights. I didn't even year. bring up his 40-yard run going side to side. I didn't even do that. It doesn't that matter. Too. He ran like a 3-2. Okay, so why wouldn't the Cowboys why wouldn't the Cowboys sit there and go, All right, I know we gotta build our defense. I know Patrick Sertan is somebody that's not sexy or whatever, but I'm I'm the Dallas Cowboys. I'm gonna open up the the season in Kansas City. I mean in, in Tampa. You know that's happening. You know that's happening. We all, as we sit here and talk, know this is happening. Yeah. And you got to look over the steering wheel. It's more than just, you know, opening a season and what have you. Dak's back. Zeke's ready to roll. I got my guys underneath the cap the way that they're underneath the cap right now. I can get a kid who is so dynamic, potential game-changing, and my phone's not going to ring at 1 in the morning saying, guess what he just did, right? You hope not. Well, that didn't sound like to me. I million, mean, you know, obviously, I guess you never know in this world. You know, so... I'm just saying, man. You know, I was telling Brockman during the have break. I, have I set the – have I hooked – have I, don't I know set why. the hook? You know what I he's mean, doing, Chris? I know, he, I know what he's doing. He's trying to get me riled up for Stephen A. on Wednesday, right? <laughs> no, he's, he's, he's trying to get me riled up. If I did that, I'd be doing this tomorrow. But you know, or, the thing, or the hour before Stephen A. walks in the door. thing is, Chris and I were talking during the last commercial break, and I know we need – Defensive help, and I know yeah. Sertain is there, oh, and yeah. I know about. I talked about it with wrestling. You got a bloodline, you got a lineage, but man, it's like, is he going to come in there and solidify that defense to the point where we're Super Bowl champions? Like, if we're going to lose, I want to put up forty-five points a game, and Kyle Pitts is the guy who can help us do yeah, that. Yeah, you can. I don't know though. Like, I, yeah, I'm, I'm confused, and I'm glad I don't have to Chris. Yeah, that yeah, Jeremiah has he taken Quiddy Pay, who we talked to a couple weeks yeah. ago from Michigan. He's good. He can go hunt. He's good, and I didn't even go high register. How many how many pay jerseys are going to be sold? How many Sertan jerseys are going to get sold? <laughs> Come on, Pitts. Oh baby, Pitts. Oh baby, Rich. I, is he going to wear eighty four? Does he have to get Jay Novacek's blessing? He definitely has to get Jay's blessing. I don't think on. Jay's numbers retired. Well, we don't retire numbers. We just retire names. We put names in the. Ring. Who's we? You know who we is, man. <laughs> Kyle Pitts is we. Let's go. Oh, I'm down. I don't care. He is, man. I got it. You wanted this That's out of me. I, I didn't want to give it to you, but For since you wanted minutes, it, I've been chipping away. Let's go, Pitts. Forty minutes, I've been chipping away. We still away. got two and a half weeks, right? Can you get a specially made Pitts Cowboys jersey already? Just Absolutely, to have it? I could probably get one by noon tomorrow if I tried I hard think enough. You should try hard enough. <laughs> Here we go. Let's go. I'm serious, but I, I am being serious this whole time. It's been to goad you a little bit, but You've this been is goading. You me have right. to. This is too good to not even consider. You have to consider this. Well, last week you were like, "There's no way you're at what? ten, they're at six, and now you're like, "I think this can happen." No, no, no. I, I'm I'm also looking at to see what drama is going to be built because there is going to be some drama. You know, everyone's trying to build the drama at three for the 49ers, and the drama is which of the three they're going to choose. 
I'm talking about quarterbacks. And that leaves Atlanta's decision. That is a major decision. That is a big, huge decision. It they have Hayden Hurst. They don't need Kyle Pitts. Why so, not? You know, put him. You could put him on there too. No, I'm Why saying they don't, they don't need him, Rich. No, I know no, that no. you can. You could sit there, but I, I just don't know what trading down to ten does for him. I just don't know. Makes me happy. I mean, is it that? Makes, well, I mean, Dallas Cowboys can make a, the offer and just say, "Screw it, we're going to go for it." That's it. I don't know why Jeremy would Atlanta want, do that though, and to help out another team in the AFC in the NFC? No, why wouldn't they be helping trade? them out? They would use they would if they can well, get a, t- a Godfather offer from Jerry. You're getting a guy who's all, maybe a Hall of Famer, gold jacket talent, according to Bucky Brooks, and he doesn't throw that around. I've never heard him use that phrase. Actually, no, me neither. So I was a little over this draft thing. I told Chris, and now you 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 just no, you brought me right no, back in. Over. Draft is amazing. Over. You got two and a half weeks. You better. This is a marathon. I'm telling you, I'm back in it right now, Rich, because of you. You're messing up my mind right now. I'm, not I'm more into though. the draft than Jeffrey Lurie. The deep dive on Jeffrey Lurie <laughs> in the Athletic. We'll take a break. We'll come back and discuss that. Eight four four two zero four. Rich. Also, the number to dial here on the Kyle Pitts is a Cowboy edition of the Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. I thought to myself, okay, in the few minutes that are here, let me let me write uh, an Ed Hockley retirement letter and read it out on the air. We then post it on the Rich Eisen Show feed exclusive. The number of people that retweeted it and said they thought it was real is alarming. It's the only way to put it. So God bless him. You know how much we love SVP. Is Scott on the line now? Is Scott there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you thought it was real. Well, I mean, as you as you said, it's, you are a guy that has a reputation. You work at the NFL Network. You got sources. And when it was brought up to me in, in our meeting, hey, did you see the letter Hockey Lee wrote? And, he, and I, I thought, well, that's funny. And then later, as I'm trying to write this script, I'm not finding it anywhere on, like, Google searches or whatever. But I'm like, where did y'all see that? And then the producer that had it, it's like, oh, it's on Eisenstein. So I read your feet and I'm like, there it is. I see the quotes that work and I just splat, I, I just slam it in there on the script and read it on television. Fake news. Fake news. <laughs> Hashtag, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hashtag, fake news. I'm mortified. Apologies to Mr. Hockney. I'm to sorry. You. We did not, no. we, that was not our intent. Yeah, we, we didn't know it was going to happen like that. That's entirely on us for not for not vetting and yeah. it's been an alarm bell that goes off to me that I'm not able to find this anywhere but there. But again, and this is where I'll turn it and point at you and blame you, Rich Eisen. When you're a source of you know information and you got stuff no one else got, you think, yeah, sure, okay. he's got the Hockley retirement letter. 
And it's, I guess, believable that he's got his own stationery with himself on it, where there's a watermark of him as a ref. As believable as it is that he's going to go sort out the lactic acid with a stretching regimen. <laughs> Vigorous regimen. Vigorous regimen. I beg your pardon. Yeah, just, just, yeah. You're the best, man. You're the best. Uh, I'm sorry. You're the, you're the worst. Don't don't, don't spoof me like that again. I remember that. I came to work. Remember I came in and, oh, like, I, and I banged it out? You banged it out like 10, 15 minutes before the show started. And you're just that. like, watch this. This will, this will be funny. And I, I still can't believe we got this. Vigorous like stretching regimen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it was because our, our crew at the Los Angeles Broadcast Center uh, did such a great workup with the watermark yeah, of yeah. Hockley and everything, made it look like it was his own personal stationery. <laughs> look at that, right? The Hockley <laughs> watermark. My, uh, hold on a minute. Just my, what's my favorite part is that um, it's when I first discovered my love of combining my favorite sport with my other favorite endeavor, explaining things in three Please. long sentences that can really be explained in one short one. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. It may be your finest work. Maybe your finest work. Like I said, I bet that was like one of my first days in studio. I completely thought it was real. <laughs> uh, we're back here with our one big simulcast eight four four two zero four. Rich number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's take this call before we get to a bunch of uh, guests in hour number three. Uh, our friend Sideline Mike is back in the city of Atlanta. What's up, Sideline Mike? How's it going, guys? Now, yes, sir. We're not going to even talk about that debacle last night with my braids. We're going to let that go. Okay. But you covered it very well. Thank you, sir. But let me tell you something. I'm a University of Georgia fan, okay? If I'm a University of Georgia fan, what does that mean? You want Justin Fields. Florida, you want Justin a, Fields. Yeah. You want I'm Justin Fields. Justin Fields, I'm a Florida Gator hater. And you know what? Kyle Pitts can't play for my team. I don't want Kyle Pitts on my team. <laughs> I don't want one Gator on my team. <laughs> Jim Tebow was the worst quarterback ever played in the NFL. I don't want one Gator on my team. And I'm, y'all talking about all them highlights from uh, Kyle Pitts? Go to the highlight when that 190-pound safety from Georgia scrambled his eggs when he went across the middle this past season without three games. In the case of Kyle Pitts, you better get in that weight room, baby, because them safeties in the NFL wear a whole lot more than Lewis Steen does, okay? So, no, Kyle Pitts, I don't care if he is a gold jacket, whatever. He ain't playing for my team. I don't want him on my squad. I hope he goes in the fifth round. That's what I think about Kyle Pitts and anybody that played for the Florida Gators. Good other that, guys. How's everybody doing? <laughs> <laughs> now, hold on a second, sideline Mike. Sideline Mike. Sideline Mike. Sideline Mike. Just hear me out here. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, I'm a diehard Yankee fan, sideline Mike. My dude, you know, with all due respect to 1996, I'm going to bring this back. I don't want to talk about it. No, hold on a second. Here's the whole point. Here's my whole point. Here's my whole point. Here's my whole point. Part of the reason why the Yankees won in 1996 is Wade Boggs was on that team. And I hated Wade yeah. Boggs my entire life. I hated Wade Boggs. I thought he was just hate, a total I fraud. I, I, thought I, I thought he was a total fraud playing wall, wall ball his entire career. He made it in the Hall of Fame because he kept on hitting it, it fly balls in every, every, other, every other ballpark where it doubles and triples for him in singles, exactly. you know? So, but, exactly. but, 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 when it came time to it, he put on the pinstripes, he held his win. Okay, Daryl Strawberry. I mean, Cecil Fielder, one after another, that 1996 team. Sometimes the guys that, 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 that are, are, are trying to beat your team or you hate because you hate their team sometimes can help your team. What do you think about that, Sideline Mike? What about that? I, th- I think until we get the offensive line fixed, and I think until we get a transgender quarterback that can sit on the bench for a couple of years, learn how to be a pro, and run off the Smith offense, I got enough offense, man. And this is what y'all got to talk about, them sorry sack Falcons, my team. Yeah, 
The problem is the defense. We don't need nothing else on offense. We don't even want to go back to why my boys played 98 snaps and had the tongues dragging on the turf. 28-3, baby. That's all I got to say. We will never live that down. Just like what Hubert Davis said the other day, he would never live that down in the neighborhood either. So all I got to say, guys, is listen, man, the Falcons need Justin Fields and every other pick to be on defense. That's all I got. Sideline Mike, everybody. <laughs> love it. You got Round of applause. Call back, brother. Round of applause. Round of applause. That's all I got. Okay, that's all, all, we, that's, that's all we need. I love it. That's all we need. And Del Tufo and TJ, hey, look, make me proud tomorrow with Loudmouth Stephen A on Wednesday. Make me proud. Okay, there we go. Sideline Mike, putting down his marker. <laughs> he wants Pitts in the fifth round. <laughs> he can't play for my team. Sorry. Sorry, bud. You know, I, I understand. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just, I mean, I, it's funny. He he was diehard fan. Like he can't. He cannot have a Gator on his team. And then I called can't him. I, I I drilled down a little bit, and then he actually gave us the X's and O's. Like, I'm, that's if they need defense, that's why they they either take Justin Fields or trade out. If he if that is in fact the conversation, Justin Fields or trade out, because there is no Nick Bosa. There is nobody. You know. There's no defensive player that is a surefire top five guy. You got to go best player available, and that is Kyle Pitts. And interestingly enough, the question is: is what is, we had Thomas Dimitrov, former GM of the Atlanta Falcons, on last Friday, and I try to get him to give us some insight as to what is going on in that conversation and this evaluation. So crucial for this team, the franchise future. Fourth overall, do you get Justin Fields? He said yes, Dimitrov said that. That you have to seriously consider looking at the quarterback spot when you're fourth overall because you don't want to be picking up this high again. Take the local kid, rip the knob off, have him learn from Matt Ryan. Two years from now and Ryan's contract is up, unfortunately for Matt, he's got to find somewhere else to play if he wants to keep playing in the NFL. That's what he said, which means Kyle Pitts is there at five. And if you are are Cincinnati – and you want Jamar Chase, you take him there. And then Miami fans will be going nuts if Kyle Pitts winds up staying in the state of Florida and plays for Tua along with Gasicki. You got that going on. And in order to make sure that Pitts doesn't wind up in either one of these spots, that's why the Dallas Cowboys are going to trade up from the 10th overall (laughs) spot and make sure it doesn't happen. I'm serious. This is the sort of game that the Falcons are playing. Like, let's let's go. How, how, How high can you go if you want to get Kyle Pitts? You got to come to four because one, two, and three is not going anywhere. Yeah, come correct. That's what's happening right now. That's how it's out in the ether. And then the conversation is what is Arthur Blank doing? Is he putting his thumb on the scale and saying, I want this, I want that? He might be. Depends on, again, and, and here we are once again. Talk. We talked about this last week. We have talked in, in a deep dive, and I'm bringing it back now because of the deep dive that the Athletic had on the Eagles franchise. What type of owner would you be if you owned an NFL team? You want to be hands-off? You want to be knowledgeable and hands-off and delegate? Or you want to be like Jerry Jones, like, I'm shopping for the groceries. That's it. I'm, the, I'm in charge of the whole thing, and I'm, I'm making a decision on anything. Or like Jeffrey Lurie, who appears to be like Jerry Jones, but also delegating his people. I mean, the athletic deep dive on the Eagles over the last several years from their Super Bowl win all the way to now makes it seem like it is an absolute siloed mess there, meaning that there's a bunch of factions within the talent evaluation portion of this organization. And Jeff Lurie is 
involved in all of it, including having, according to this piece, a weekly Tuesday meeting with the coach to explain and go over all of his moves, running it by analytics, running it by the general managers involved in all this and Howie Roseman or the uh, VP of football ops. Not a single, I don't think a single named quote in there either. It was all unnamed sources. And it, so, yeah, know, so they could speak for you. I don't know. I, yeah. Who knows? And, and, and everyone, according to The Athletic, from Jeffrey Lurie to Howie Roseman to Don, uh, Doug Peterson refused to comment for the piece. But it is really interesting, What type man. of owner would you be? I would not be Jeffrey Lurie. I wouldn't want to have a Tuesday meeting with my coach. That's not me. Although, you know, apparently Jeff Lurie grinds tape, according to this piece, or assumed to grind tape because Peter King doing a feature on Jeff Lurie before he joined, before he bought the team the was, a, was like a draft nick, you know? I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't want to be, I would not sit there with my coach and say, let's go over your moves right now. Hey, why aren't we passing more? And Doug's like, uh, well, mean, it was 23-mile-an-hour wins in Buffalo. That's why. And we ran the ball and won the game. Why didn't you win more? Yeah, the, 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 the article is called Paranoia, Mismanagement, and Office Politics Inside the Eagles' Downfall under Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman. Oof. It's an eye-opener. It's yeah. a very deep dive. Um, but, again, what sort of owner would you be? Again, I would delegate. I would say, you're the grocery shopper. You're the coach. You both report to me. All right? But you are going to delegate. I'm not going to ask you to report to me on a weekly basis. Maybe once a month I'll check in with you. All together. But if we're making a big move, you better let me know what's going on. And then I'll step in if there's some dysfunction. It's easy for me to sit here and say that, but I'm reading what this article says Jeffrey Lurie is doing. I wouldn't want to do that. I just wouldn't want to be that involved. I'd want to hire the guy and say, you do it. You're the coach. You do it. I wouldn't want to be there every single week talking about, like, what happened? What happened? You know? Like, break it. Hey, on fourth and six, why didn't we go for it? Like, that just seems. <laughs> I don't know. A little, a little too much for me. It, it, it really was something else, this article. Yeah, it's interesting. And everyone says Jerry Jones has got his finger in the pot. This makes it seem like uh, there's two owners, three. Like, the John Mara and... and um, and Steve Tisch for the Giants, they're, they're like the most hands-off in the yeah. entire NFC East. Although it looks like the Washington football team's more of a football-run organization these days. Yeah, seems like it. That is an eye-opener. O'Shea Jackson Jr. on WrestleMania, the Lakers, and more. Jonathan Tucker right behind him. Hour three is going to be a doozy. Right here on the Rich Eisen Show. You know, We're back with your calls as well at 844-204-RICH. Number to dial. Don't go anywhere. So there was also a piece, part of this piece here, how they described the Wentz breakdown. That they, what happened to Wentz this year? A lot of them also says that Reich was the was the glue between the two of them, between but, but, Peterson and and Wentz, and that when Reich left, that there was a problem. Although right. Lurie wanted. Wanted Reich, Reich fired in, two, in 2016, and that Lori yeah. sat down apparently before before the season after they won the Super Bowl with Jim Schwartz and had a three hour conversation yeah. with the defensive coordinator. I guess because he wanted to, according to this piece, vet Schwartz in case he wanted to fire Peterson after winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, if things went bad to start 2017, you would have him out. Out Schwartz in. <laughs> but here's the this one I found wild. 
Here's how this, there was just one paragraph, because I was looking to see, are we going to find out what's going on between yeah. Peterson and Wentz in 2020? This one paragraph, here it is. The relationship between head coach and quarterback deteriorated as things went south in 2020. One source described Wentz as smarter than most of the coaches on staff, <laughs> but that meant he wanted to control the game at the line of scrimmage with checks and audibles. His pre-snap orchestrations led to confusion among the other players and resulted in guys not being on the same page. Peterson struggled to find a balance between empowering Wentz and reining him in. That's a new one. Haven't heard that. That's one source. Mm. I'd love to know a name on that. And then there's accus, you know, this this piece absolutely lays it on the feet of Jeff Lurie of maybe meddling with Howie Roseman and the or or the analytics people with Roseman against the the football people. this football right. scouts right. when they traded up for Andre Dillard. First-round tackle in 2019, just four starts in two seasons. And then Arthago Whiteside and Jalen Rager instead of all the other wide receivers, including Justin Jefferson. Absolutely, this implies that the dysfunction led to these decisions, which, of course, blew up. What sort of owner would you be? Think about it. Quite the question. I know the answer. The most rich owner in all of <laughs> That's the owner I would like to be. <laughs> <laughs>